What is up, everybody? A fresh episode, number 25 of Social on the Sidelines, presented by Front Office Sports with episodes brought to you by Whomst. Amara. Our episodes, like every episode, are presented by Team Infographics. They are lovely, wonderful humans over there. They're also really good at their jobs. And if you want to be really good at your job, you should look them up on the internet at team wait at team infographs on twitter and team infographics.com whoo almost messed that up but you didn't here we are here we are 45 seconds in and you haven't messed up what a time uh today's episode had on will x line of the twitter.com the twitterverse the uh the best platform there is in my opinion uh, in the social realm, and he was discussing a very unique part of uh, social, which is the platform itself. Uh, so it was a good conversation. He was talking about his background, best practices on Twitter, who he thinks are doing a great job when it comes to teams on social, um, and also some of the the other sides of Twitter, which is some negative commentary and, and how Twitter perceives those uh, types of comments. So it was a good episode overall. Yeah, I like talking to him a lot. Um, I think it's interesting that we've had back-to-back guests with a little different um, experience to kind of show our listeners that there are many paths into sports and the team isn't always, um, doesn't always have to be it for your first job or your second job or your third job. So we didn't get, well, I didn't get to share it on the last episode because I thought it would have dropped by the time before the time that we launched, but now it's out. We uh, did probably my favorite partnership of all time in my career, at least with the Timberwolves. And it was, uh, we partnered with HBO and turned our entire digital, all of our digital platforms into the Dire Wolves. Our app um, had Dire Wolves integration. All of our social channels are switched over for the Sunday premiere. We did merch too. We had the players wearing it. We went all out, so it was really cool. We got to use all their assets um, legally. I got a lot of message from from other team folks and people in general asking how we got it. It an official partnership. It was legal, people. I'm not trying to go to jail, um, but yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, it was awesome. Um, I'm a big fan of Game of Thrones, and yeah, it was sick. Also, I'd like. I'd like to give a shout out to Scalabisi Air. Scalabisi A, Amara. Oh, our our announcer said it wrong. Okay, Labisa. Um, he played against his former team and your former team last night, and Let's... he had twenty nine points, fifteen rebounds, two steals, one block, and one assist, and he was eating out there. Made me he really was... happy. I. I texted him right after the game and I sent a very long text that he probably did not read or, or care for because um, I went off, but I'm super happy for him because that was like the first time he got a lot, ton of minutes um, and he showed out and also he took it to his former team, which I think was really it was cool. awesome. Yeah. Um, and he really had three cool. nasty dunks, really nasty. And he, putbacks. so like, yes, those were amazing, but the, Fade away threes like falling out of bounds were the ones that impressed me. 
Because he's a big The dude. man can ball. The no, man yeah. can ball. I'm super happy for him. Um, in other news, the regular season is officially done. Um, playoffs begin this weekend. A little nerve-wracking, but... Must be nice. Must listen, be nice. Listen, you got there last year. We were there for like six games, Amara. Five games. That whatever. was more than the Blazers. Okay. Listen. By one or two games. The Blazers are going all the way this year. I don't care. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Let's let's right. get this. Let's Ooh. Blazers in six. Let's go. Um, if anyone knows cool things to do in OKC, let me know. Um, yeah. Let Amara know. <laughs> cool. Sorry. I'm... I like OKC. I like OKC. For anyone that's from OKC that's listening to this podcast, I like your city. It's just, to me, look, people, don't slander me. To me, it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot to do for people visiting, at least downtown. Like There's the arena, and there's a few buildings. I'm actually being genuine. Like I really want to know cool things to do from Oklahomians. Is that how you say it? I'm not sure. Oklahomans? I don't know. Um, yeah. So I really want to know because I feel like I haven't really given OKC a chance. Um, because every time I go, it's like on a back to back and there's like not much to do. But I really want to know the good things to do. So hit my DMs. Thank you. Hit her DMs. Um, all right. Well, I think that's all I have before we get into this episode. Do you have anything else? I think that's it. All right. Well, then, as I say every episode, without further ado, Will X-Line. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Social on the Sidelines, episode 25. Today, we are joined by a very special guest, Will X-Line of Twitter, thetwitter.com. What's up, Will? The Twitter. How's it going? Good, man. What about yourself? You know... Life is pretty good. We're all all good at the birdhouse. Hi. I it's always good. I get it. I, Twitter.com. I, I, uh, see, see what I did there? See what I, I did. did birdhouse. Um so Will, for people that don't know what you do at Twitter, the way we get this thing started, if you don't know, is a little bit of introduction to where you're at, what you're doing there, how long you've been there, and how you've got there. Sure. So I am on the content partnerships team at Twitter, working on the, the sports side. And it will be five years later this week, which is, is pretty wild in the, the tech world. That's definitely dinosaur status, but no, it's a, it's a good spot. Also, we, oh, sorry, go ahead. No. Um, so it all started when I was finishing up undergrad, I was studying psychology and with about a month left, I was thinking, hey, I, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. I've always been interested in the sports business. So that led me to pursue a master's in sports management. Shout out University of San Francisco, go Dons. Um, and from there, it was uh, about mid 2010. So I would say Facebook and Twitter just kind of started to, to hit their stride and just became very, very interested in it and just spent a lot of time focusing on that and the digital space, social space, etc. So the the first true sports job I was at a startup called Top Drawer Soccer, 
where we, it was a club and college soccer website and everything from rankings, camps, et cetera. And it was cool working at a spot like that where there are only 10 people. So you got to do everything from website to social to sales to business development, just getting to try a, a lot of different pieces of the business. Um, and after a couple years, I went up to Fox Sports, and which is quite a difference from a, a company with very little resources to one of the largest media companies in the world. Uh, so really good experience there. I started out at Fox Soccer for about a year and a half. And then when Fox Sports 1 was starting up, they brought me over to that side of the house to help with everything around launch. And then I did uh, digital marketing. So everything from little website, a little bit of social, ad buying, etc. Um, and kind of in that in-between period, I actually worked a little bit with one of your former guests, Kayla Knapp. I was on that team for a couple months, moonlighting and, and doing some uh, some digital and social over with that crew. It was a good time. And after a couple years over at FS1, my Twitter rep was moving into a different role and said, hey, we think it'd be good. If, if you're interested, you should give it a shot. So went ahead and gave it a shot. And next thing you knew, moved up to San Francisco and have been here ever since. How did I not know you were at Fox? Did I know that? I, I don't think we, we crossed paths. So I left early 2014. Okay. I think uh, I so I don't started. think I was there when you were there. Okay. That's crazy. Small world. Um, can you talk a little bit about, so you said you have a degree in sports management. Can you talk about, um, did that help you? What did you learn? Do you recommend that? Cause I think for me, I'm a psych major as well. And, um, I didn't really know what I was going to do. So I think psychology kind of helps in this business, but can you talk about, about, talk a little bit about, uh, the degree and if you think it's good for people to look into. Definitely. I give kind of a non-answer answer of saying it's going to be different for everyone. For me, I just was impatient and wanted to get into the, the sports side of the business quickly. So pretty much a month after undergrad ended, I, I hopped into it. But in our program and in many programs, it's a wide range of people just out of undergrad. There are people 15 years into their career that are coming back and kind of learning a new skill set. So it's really what you want to do with it. I mean, even within my class, there are some folks that aren't necessarily working in sports full time. So I think if you have the, the drive, you're into it and you want to leverage it, it can definitely help you um, kind of take that next step or find like a, a next path into your career, be it on the sports side or, or otherwise. But for me personally, it was really helpful because the program kind of showed a lot of different like ways within the sports space. So the campus I was on was actually down in Southern California and we got to meet uh, a lot of different people across the sports space. So like Ty from the Lakers, uh, Dwayne, formerly of LA Kings, now up at uh, Amara's neck of the woods. Um, so getting to meet like face-to-face -face with people in the industry and kind of making waves in social before it really became a thing was really, really valuable just to see that it was uh, something I was interested in pursuing. That's awesome. pretty cool. Um, so one question I had for you, given your unique journey into where you're at now is the understanding of your past experiences. How did that play into your current role at Twitter? I know you weren't necessarily on the team side of things, but just even being at Fox Sports and some of the other experiences that you had, um, do you think they helped you? What were your overall thoughts about those, uh, 10 years that you had at those organizations? Um, Yeah. Yeah, I think it's 
kind of throughout your career, it's important to take little pieces or even big pieces of, of every stop you go through. So like going all the way back to when I was with the startup, you need to be flexible and willing to take on pretty much anything that comes across, like not being too big for any any one job or one task. So they, that's something that I still try to try to hold on today. And with Fox Sports and Amara, as you know, being that big of a company, it can be pretty difficult to get ideas past the higher ups or get approval. So you really need to be good about selling your ideas and really pushing what you believe in, which is going to help you for any role down the road. So I think from each of those stops, like th- those were two of the big pieces and also just seeing a very small company versus a very big company. Like you can just kind of pick up different habits and where Twitter's right now, it's I guess somewhere in the middle, I'll call it a medium sized company. So we can kind of apply a little bit of both. Awesome. Um, along with that, what are your overall impressions? And don't give us the company answer and just say, because we work for teams, um, that every, every one of them is good. What are kind of your thoughts around how teams are utilizing, uh, social these days? And, and do you see some as being best practices? If so, why? I mean, I, am I here to play favorites? You want me to name individual teams? No, that are, that are I, we well? want, we, yeah, I do. Kind of. Yes, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Fair, fair enough. Um, just high level Twitter, as you know, is very much live and what's happening and kind of the magic of it is the real time nature. So as you're watching a game or an event unfold or even something like NBA draft, um, just being able to follow in real time to see both content from the teams, but then everything they pull in from the reporters, that, that's kind of the, the sweet spot of it. So for teams that do really well, I think it's a combination of having the short, impactful content. So just really eye-catching images or videos, and then the second component being conversational. So not necessarily like full-on snark all the time. Like it doesn't have to be like chippy 100% of the time, but just being able to to speak in the language of the internet, I guess, where it's not just a RSS feed or, you know, a play-by-play of the game or, or things like that. So now now we'll get to the part where, where we name favorites. So, I mean, outside of the, the Blazers and T-Wolves, of course. I mean, in, in <laughs> the NBA... Of course, of course. Um, in the association, I think a couple I would call out are the Sixers and the Hawks. Both do a really, really good job um, on, on both sides of it. So Sixers kill it from creative standpoint they have a good account voice same thing with the hawks i mean even if the encore performance isn't necessarily where they would want it like the account has consistently been been one of the good ones uh, across the league um so it it doesn't have to be you know 82-0 to be a successful successful team on twitter and if you look uh, across other sports i think that rings true and everyone will bring up this example but it's a great example the the cleveland browns shout out ali raymond um do a, a really really good job of even though there weren't a lot of w's on the field being able to create fun content where like they could still take advantage of all the fandom and conversation around their brand and now fast forward a couple years later obviously with mr mayfield in town things are starting to turn around and then with beckham it's kind of the perfect storm where They've already built a, a really good social presence, and now the the team talent is starting to catch up to that. So I think they could definitely have something special. Um, and one I want to call out across baseball, I would say overall, the video content has been fantastic across baseball, from the league level down to all the teams have really 
had a, a noticeable improvement, but one in particular, the, the Kansas City Royals, shout out Royals, mm-hmm. uh, their video content is night and day. Just take a look at their profile when you get a chance. Like the videos are, are fantastic. The content looks really, really fresh. So they're, they're doing a good job. Thanks for being honest. Was, was that enough favorites? <laughs> other than the wolves and the blazers. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> Um, so can you tell us like what your day to day or week to week looks like? Um, I'm actually curious to, um, can you just walk us through whatever's easiest for you to break down for our peeps listening? I'll never say, yeah, so sorry. (laughs) So all good. So we work with leagues, broadcasters, teams, digital publishers, like the, the bleach reports and ringers of the world. Um, to help everything from growing their, their reach, driving revenue, and then just trying to innovate and try new things on the platform and, and everything in between. So that could be best practices around video. It could be onboarding uh, athletes for the teams onto the platform. It could be a, a live video launch or creating some kind of show around like an event. So it's the, the short answer is it, it's different every day and it really just depends on what the season looks like. So for, I guess, recently with with baseball, um, just getting started, we have something this year uh, called the Twitter hitter. So if y'all listening aren't familiar with it, every morning MLB tweets out a poll that has three to four players. And then fans can vote on who they want to see that day. And then whoever the winner is, so let's say it's Bryce Harper, MLB will, will live stream each one of Bryce Harper's at-bats in the game that night and they're doing that every day of the season so those are the the kind of big picture partnerships that we work on where we want to bring new content onto the platform and mlb wants to elevate the their stars in the sport and so we kind of find a way like how do we accomplish both of our our business goals together and, and it turns into something like that um and similar on the the nba front as you guys i'm sure are familiar for the TNT games on Thursdays, we had the, the ISO cam this year where in the first half, the NBA runs a poll where you can vote who, who you want to see on the ISO cam in the second half. So if it's Russell Westbrook during the second half live streaming on Twitter, it has a camera that follows Westbrook around the entire game. And then if he's on the bench, they have um, different commentators. So they've had ex-athletes, they've had TNT personalities as kind of host to like talk through to, so it's still a compelling show, even though he's sitting on the bench. So just a couple of, couple examples of the, the different type of content that we're, we're trying to bring on the platform and continue to, to try new stuff. Awesome. Um, one question I had as a lot of us team side folks tend to draw inspiration from each other or people across sports or, you know, organizations across sports and, and the type of content they're putting out. Um, we draw inspiration from that. I'm curious as to know who you and your team tend to draw inspiration from just because of the the nature of what you do, right? Like, is it looking at other uh, social platforms? Is it looking at best practices for leagues? Um, I'm just very curious as to how you go about that process. I think it's just eyes everywhere. So we have a, like we have a DM group with our, us sports team or anytime like there's a a great tweet or great video like we'll send them through so i think through that just being able to keep an eye because it's impossible to be able to catch everything and then we're we're not naive to say that we're the only platform around like of course you've got the f word and the gram 
Um, <laughs> so to just kind of seeing across the board, like what type of content is resonating or, or what kind of pops and is there something that we can apply like our own spin on it or is there something we can kind of switch up um, that'll perform well on Twitter? And the reality is like clubs, teams, whomever are going to be posting on multiple channels and we want to help make sure that the content is best for Twitter specifically. So that might not be taking the same piece of content and putting the exact same thing on Instagram, YouTube, Snapchat, Twitter, like each platform has its own specific best practices. So we're really here to be consultative to make sure that they're using the platform as best they can. That makes sense. I will now be using the F word in a completely different light. <laughs> uh, trademark, speak trademark. <laughs> Speaking of which, um, when it comes to your position specifically in your department, how do you tend to look at uh, sports when it comes to these other platforms? Like, what are you doing for Twitter specifically to make it stand out on the sports side compared to the F word and the I word I <laughs> letter? I don't know. That's a That's a good question. And, and just giving them a hard time. We're, we're cool with all those guys. Shout out Nick Marquez, my boy over Facebook. Um, for, us specifically, I think just going back to Twitter's real superpower is like the live, the in the moment, the what's happening. So I think just optimizing the content for games or for events. So if it's for another platform, for example, it might be this four and a half minute video that has crazy, crazy edits and like it's just really, really cool. But just the, the nature of the platform of Twitter, like that might not be the, the best performing piece of content. So is it finding like, how can we get the best 40 second cut of that? Like, does it make sense to do uh, multiple gifts or if it's a Q and a series, do we take the, the best answer from that and kind of like highlight that as a piece? Um, so it's, it's going to be different than what other folks suggest to put on other platforms. And it's it, again, just trying to be the best they can to get the most out of, out of Twitter. Um, so I like, I've loved Twitter since the beginning. I'm not just saying that because you're on. We, we appreciate that. We appreciate that. Um, <laughs> I think I've told you this before, but how have you seen just as not even when you were working there, just how have you seen Twitter specifically, um, evolve throughout the years? It, it's funny when I first joined the platform, I followed a bunch of athletes, uh, that pretty much the only accounts I followed. And it was basically just Dwight Howard saying like, Oh, gym time, getting that breakfast. Let's go like this. I, I'm not here for this. So I, I wasn't really into it, but one of my teachers a, a couple months later was saying like, Oh no, you need to follow like sports business personalities and the writers. And that was kind of like a, a light bulb. Like it's almost like your, your personal newspaper. So just being able to find all those different topics and types of contents that it's, really hard to get everywhere else without going to seek it out on your own. So that, that was kind of phase one. And then it kind of evolved, like as more and more folks got on there, it was almost like a, a networking, like in and of itself. So there were a lot of like actual like Twitter chats and met a lot of people through there and, and some still in touch with today and were either like through business or colleagues or whatever may be um, still in touch. So that was a, a really neat use case of the platform. And from there, I think 
when you started seeing media forward or auto expanded like images, I think that was kind of the next step. Like, okay, now this is becoming a rich media platform and then video on the platform. And then a few years ago when, when live started to kick in. So it's really evolved from just kind of a, a links and almost like a very much RSS feed fashion where it's just, okay, here's a microphone or a megaphone where we can send out articles and get additional clicks. And now it's really like a, a conversational place for, for teams and for folks in sports where beyond just like getting content out there, it's also a, a two-way street where you can interact directly with fans, where you can see athletes quote, quote tweeting each other or replying to uh, a great tweet they sent. And it's, it's really cool to see it across sports or like one example recently I was thinking of um, after uh, one of the Oregon games when Sabrina went off, like she had a tweet and then John Morant quote tweeted and was shouting her out. And it's just cool to see those kind of things like young stars, like connecting over the platform. So it, it's again, really evolved from like a text only articles. And, and now it's kind of a, a living, breathing thing where you can see all these different conversations and video and content pieces every, every single day. Yeah. And I kind of have a follow-up to that. I personally got my start in sports because of Twitter. My boss followed me on there. Um, I've told the story a bunch, but how would you um, suggest that people go about on the networking side of Twitter? Because I really do think that um, there's so much value in that side of things. Yeah. I think it's like using the platform to have conversations. So whether it's replying to people that you're interested in talking to or kind of offering your point of view. Um, those kind of things are very impactful in, in terms of networking. Now for the higher ups to get busy, like maybe sliding in the DMs isn't the most effective because I'm sure there are a ton of people trying to get their time. So I think just trying to find ways to add value, whether that's like your thoughts adding value to what they're posting or if you're pushing out your own content and then sharing that to specific people. I mean, there, there's kind of a, a lot of different ways to do it, but it's slowly but surely, I mean, across both Twitter and most of social, like it's almost turning into your resume. So the the content you're putting out there, um, even just like how you interact on the platform is like, that's kind of turning into a, a resume, so to speak, down the road where when employers are looking higher, like they'll absolutely look at your Twitter, they'll look at your social channels. So in kind of a, a secondary way of networking, I guess. Totally. Got it. Um, so one question I had was specifically one in regards to the comment you were making regarding the, the really cool interactions that take place, which I think is what makes Twitter so unique. And it speaks to stories like Amara's my own. I met my wife on Twitter. Um, and that's right. That's right. You know, people, uh, you know, getting their jobs through Twitter. There's a ton of positivity, but when it comes specifically to the sports side of things where there tends to be a ton of passion from from fans worldwide regarding you know their teams their leagues etc what's kind of the goal from twitter's front on the other side of those comments right because sometimes um social brings out kind of the the not so great side of things and so what's kind of the philosophy uh from from your team and from the organization itself at how to devise a plan to kind of take out that noise um, if it's, if it's getting too loud. Yeah. Um, I, I wish my buddy Jack was here and he can hop in and, and answer this too. But now from a, from a high level, like 
sports aside, the, the health of conversation on the platform is incredibly important and continues to be a top priority for the whole company. So we want everyone from course athletes, but then coaches, celebrities, like whoever's using the platform, you want to make sure it's a, a safe place. And of course, there's going to be people that are angry no matter what. Um, and of course, they're going to be passionate. So if they lose the game, they'll probably tweet like, you suck or like, why did you do that? And, you know, that's, that's understandable. But when it kind of goes beyond that, like, that's obviously not okay, just as a human, but also, we, we don't want to see that behavior. And also the call them VITs, very important tweeters, um, for the VITs, like they don't want (laughs) to see that type of content. That's not a great experience for them and for the other fans. So I think through product, you're kind of seeing a, a slow burn of kind of cleaning that up. And, you'll continue to see ways where we can help improve the conversation and make sure that it, it's just a, a safe place where people feel free to obviously use the platform, but then tweet and participate in conversations as well. Appreciate the answer. Um, as far as like uh, the corporate culture at Twitter, you know, some people that are listening right now may want to work for a team, but they also may not realize that working for Twitter or other social platforms is an option as well. So can you tell us a little bit about why you love working for Twitter and just like your corporate culture there? Yeah, that's a, a really good question. And going back to when I was coming out of school, like the the very first idea was like, I need to work for a team. I have to get in the front office. Like this, that's the only route into sports. And then obviously over time, like your eyes kind of start to open and see like there are different paths. Like there's not only one way and that could be everything from working for a social platform like Twitter. It could be working for a brand like a, an American Express who does a lot of sports marketing, working for an agency. There are so many different roads to take where it isn't just a team or just the league. And we're kind of the benefit of that where I don't work for a sports company. I work for a, a tech company that happens to be, be working in sports. So the, the culture of Twitter, as you can imagine, most of, of Silicon Valley is very laid back. But one of the... My favorite things about it is just how entrepreneurial it is, where it doesn't matter if you're a senior vice president or if you're an intern or coordinator, if you have a really good idea, I mean, it can scale across the entire organization or across the entire team. Like there's not a a limit on what you can like put out or how you can make an impact. And they're really big on making sure that we're getting the best ideas from everywhere. That's an inclusive environment. It's It's not just... The whoever the head of the department is making the final decision. So they, they do a really good job of empowering all of their employees. Got it. Awesome. We tend to kind of close things out with advice for folks. And I think yours is going to be unique because you can give you nice, you can give advice when it comes to the platform itself, um, but also just general job advice, given your prior experiences uh, to folks. So if you have anything, please elaborate on any advice you have for folks that are hoping to get into the sports realm, um, in, in many different parts. Yeah. I think number one, I'll give a Twitter specific one. Just put your Twitter handle on the resume. It's, it's crazy. The amount that we get that don't have any mention of what their actual Twitter handle is. And you got to put it on there. That's, that's where you're applying. So that's, that's number one. Um, but more broadly, I would just say, even if you're a still a student, you're doing informational interviews, if you're just out of college, whatever it is, like just come at it with more confidence. So what I mean by that is 
they can, I'm sure you guys will receive something similar and, and some folks listening where you'll get an email saying, Hey, I'm interested in the work you do. We'd love to have some time. I know you're really busy. You don't have to respond. Like they're, they're giving themselves outs before like even have a chance to respond saying like, Oh, if we need to cancel, it's okay. And, and I would just say like, just come at it with a, a little more confidence where, you know, it's, it's a two way street. Like I, I, Love hearing from folks that level, like there are different ideas or perspectives that I'm not thinking about. Um, so don't kind of shoot yourself in the foot before you even have that, that conversation. Um, but other than that, I think the, the number one thing is following up. I'm not nearly the, at the high levels where I get 20,000 emails a day, but even like where I'm at right now, like you're, you're bound to miss emails. So, it's not just completely ignoring someone if you don't respond to that email the first time. So don't be afraid to follow up, whether it's email, tweets, DMs, whatever it is. I think the, the idea is that it's almost rude to, to follow up. But the fact of the matter is like people's attention is very divided. People have a lot on their plate. So it's, it's okay to follow up. And sometimes like those the little differences where they are really interested in this candidate or they did want to have this coffee with someone and just didn't get the chance to, to follow up on their own. So um, those are, those are kind of the, the few pieces if that answers your question. It does for sure. Well, do you have any final thoughts that you would like to share with our social on the sidelines listeners? Always be tweeting friends. Always be tweeting. <laughs> <laughs> we love Twitter. Yay. We appreciate it. There are, there are so many acronyms I'm going to use from now on because <laughs> of this pod right here. Good, spread it. Call, Amara's a VIT in my in my uh, opinion. No, you both are, I'm not for veri- sure. I'm not verified, so I'm not mm, a real person. I was waiting for that question. Uh, I was waiting for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please elaborate, Will. Uh, I think my connection's cutting out. I, I think... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. I see how it is, Will. You're still a VIT. For- Don't worry. Still a VIT. <laughs> Thank you for coming she's a, she, on. She's on a Twitter list somewhere at Twitter. Is just being a VIT. She, she's in line. Mars an influencer. It's Mars coming. an influencer. It's coming. <laughs> All oh, right, man. Well. Awesome. Really appreciate, appreciate you guys. Thanks for, for having me on, and we'll uh, we'll see you guys soon. Of course. Thank you all for listening to episode 25 of Social on the Sidelines presented by Front Office Sports. All of our episodes are brought to you by Team Infographics. Team Infographics bring you all the fire digital content needs for you or your teams. You can find them where? Um, I wasn't expecting you to throw that back to me. Okay, hold on. <laughs> at Twitter, at Team Infographics or TeamInfographics.com. Look, I like to change things up a little bit, keep you on your toes. It worked. But if you uh if you have a if you have knowledge of what Team Infographics does, they will never keep you on your toes because they'll just have the stuff ready for you off the bat. You see what I did there? And they'll actually illustrate your toes to look nice. <laughs> Wait, what? What is happening? What is happening? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, I got you because they're they do it. Yeah, like the illustration of Amara and I. <laughs> I got it. Okay. Yeah. Good Duh. job. They will do that. They will do that. <laughs> it will make Amara not be as creepy as she is in real life. <laughs> they can True. do anything. They can find you 
a wife or a husband, they can change your entire digital content needs. They can make you the best human being possible. They can do it all, but you got to give them a chance. You wouldn't know if any of the things I'm saying are actually true unless you you do it for yourself. Exactly. Self-care. Right. Self-care. We're helping you out here. This is a helping podcast, not just a professional career advice podcast. Exactly. All right. Well, with that being said, I'm going to go use the fire digital content that Team Infographic sent me to enjoy my weekend so that I don't have to do anything. <laughs> I'm going to look at the picture of okay. myself this is out of illustrated. Control right now. <laughs> what? It's true. This is out of control. Look, I use, look, listen, Amara, when I play NBA 2K on my weekends, I wish the face scan was as good as the illustration Team Infographics does. That's all I'm saying. It's true. I agree. NBA 2K, sponsor Team Infographics. Who in turn sponsors us. So, sponsor us. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you for your time.